the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Thanks for listening to the Town Hall Review with Hugh Hewitt podcast, bringing to you the best voices on the stories and issues that matter. Helping make it all possible is the generous partnership with the Pepperdine Graduate School of Public Policy. Here's another piece I'll trust you enjoy. Top of the morning, Dan and Amy. It just never ends, and it's not going to end until there are more Republicans like Ron Johnson and Devin Nunez that are willing to stand and throw haymakers for as long as the D.C. press corps wants to. In fact, perhaps longer than the D.C. press corps wants to frame the 2022 around the fraud perpetrated on the American people that continues to be perpetrated by the D.C. press corps. We talked about uh, the raid on Rudy Giuliani's house and office last week, his interview on Tucker Carlson's show on Thursday night. We talked about Friday. Then over the weekend, uh, the uh, axis of evil, if you will, the New York Times, Washington Post, and NBC News issued retractions of a story that alleged the FBI had warned Rudy Giuliani and Ron Johnson, for that matter, that they were targets of a Russian disinformation campaign. You remember this story? Ron Johnson, Senator Ron Johnson, had to deny it many times. didn't matter. They kept repeating it. Of course, the sources, current and former U.S. officials. Oh, okay. The stories indicated that both Giuliani and Johnson ignored the warnings from the FBI and were thus useful idiots of uh, the Soviets or, you know, the Russians, former Soviets like Putin duped to serve as useful idiots to the Ruskies and undermine American sovereignty, the integrity of our elections, and so on and so forth. Retracted. So that's it? Just a retraction and then everybody just shuffles along like nothing happened after an impeachment? And everything we know that is untrue about the assertions that were made by all of these Democrat socialists for so many years, amplified by these same outlets and so many more. Uh, you know, if the Republicans can't stake a claim here, even whatever you think about Rudy Giuliani, whatever you think about his performance, particularly after the election with the challenges to the results in certain states, and I don't I'm think much of it, yeah. uh, that's not the point. Everything that transpired from the the Mueller investigation to present continues. No matter how many times it's debunked, if you're not willing to frame this and put this to people to say, look, this is what we know to be true. Here is all the lies they told, all the maliciously fallacious stories they wrote, all the clips, rinse and repeat and rinse and repeat and pound away the same way that they do with their propaganda, then maybe you're not worthy of being a majority party. 
I mean, if you can't commit yourself to essentially running up the hill with the truth, then who do you think is going to be behind you? For more on all this, we're pleased to be joined again for our weekly hit with our friend, Lieutenant Colonel Jim Carafano, VP of the Catherine and Shelby Cullum Davis Institute for International Studies at the Heritage Foundation and author of the new book released tomorrow, Biden's first, uh, excuse me, Brutal War, Jungle Fighting in Papua New Guinea, 1942. And he's also written about Biden's first hundred days, which we'll get to. Jim, thanks for joining us. Appreciate it. Hey, all I could think of was the old uh, X-Files TV show. And the truth is out there. Yeah. And you're not talking about UFOs. No, I I think we talked about this in the show before, but listening to your your kind of analysis of the breakdown of the way the media is at, uh, acting and the way our government is acting, lying to us, which they are. I mean, and, and we can go through the issues from how they're doing the Iran deal to the to border. I mean, you know, this gets to the point I made, I think a week or so ago, about, about talk radio. One of the few mediums where people don't really have a dog in the fight, they have the time and, uh, and the, the responsibility to to actually talk out and explain the issues because the reality is, is, is you're not going to get the New York times to stop being the New York times right. or the government to stop being the government. So the people really want to hear views that aren't processed and, and manipulated. And I think talk radio is one of the few places where that happens, which I, I think pretends a real resurgence of both the attention and the importance of talk radio in our lives. What better? I need, you know, to maintain my phony baloney job that where I work twenty hours a week and they pay me a lot of money, Jim. So I appreciate the, uh, the tut tut. But uh, the, um, but but I mean, but the, the substance of this too. I mean, it's the the, the raids last week, uh, and and I don't know, you know, the ins and outs of Rudy Giuliani's dealings in Ukraine or anywhere else. But it's it's just remarkable that we're still here essentially five years in, six years into this uh, this whole Russian collusion uh, fairy tale that uh, that the left has been trying to spin? Well, I, I don't think it's terribly um, surprising. They can do this. I mean, their business models are such that, that, that the market isn't really forcing them to change. We, we don't really want to put government in charge of these people because we, you really want government um, – because Biden would just make it worse. So uh, I think their behavior is going to, you know, be consistent. And I I think it's, you know, people are going to have to be more critical of the news that they're consuming and, 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 and look for alternative voices and and explanations is the only way you're going to break through all this. But, you know, as I said, on the immigration issue, I think is a good example. Everybody knows we're underwater on immigration policies. All the polls get that. And even as the administration ignores this stuff, um, you know, I, I, I think uh, you know, people see the truth in that. I, I think going back to the Russian, Russian collusion story, I think, look, the only people that really believe any of that stuff anymore are people that just they just hate the people that they hate and right. they're not going to change. So New York Times, I don't think at this point, is moving voters' opinions on things. I mean, look, look for example, at the 1619 Project, which they, which they proudly rolled out which they said was a game changer, which turned out to be phony baloney, lying history. And now we have states and communities, and, and, and you know, people are actually signing up for this and wanting to put it in their curriculums. Now we have states across the country like standing up and saying, this is ridiculous stuff. We're, 
and actually banning it from their school district. So I, I think people have moved past the fact that that the big turn to the New York Times is a source source of objective. Oh. Analysis well, the only thing I would say about that is, I mean, to, I think it was a Mark Twainism. The uh, the whole uh, the truth goes half around the uh, the uh, a lie goes half around right. the world before the truth gets its pants on. I mean, so you're right. Uh, you're seeing some evidence of standing up to critical race theory and this other Marxist poison uh, masking uh, masquerading as racial tolerance, um, the 1619 Project. But but I mean, it is. Uh, insinuated itself in a lot of places, and you're getting pushback in just a very few places at present. Well, I, I, I'm actually I'm I'm more optimistic than that. I, I think that that the people that consume the New York Times and the Washington Post and all this other stuff, and um, one or two things are happening. Either look, they have all drunk the Kool Aid and they're not going back, or they're like most everyday Americans, which like they're not paying attention to this stuff. I mean, I, if I grab the average person on the, and the, on the street and ask them, hey, what do you think about religion in the office, office being raided? They're like, what are you talking about? Can I take my mask off now? I mean, right. what can I get my Pfizer vaccine? You know, I, I was just actually down in, in Florida spending some time with some family, and, and I talked to people all over, you know, and I, I, nobody's following any of this stuff. So the notion that the New York Times is a great threat to democracy, I think is only a, I mean, I think it's only a reality in the mind of the New York Times that, like, the, you know, like the, they think they're a puppet and they're pulling strings and there's nothing attached at the other end. All right. So over the weekend, U.S. troops began withdrawing from Afghanistan and Hillary Clinton and Condoleezza Rice think that uh, they've both expressed, you know, deep concern about this decision. What are some of the consequences that are going to happen because of the withdrawal? Well, there are two, which is why our troops do to begin with. And and I know I'm just repeating myself, but this whole endless war thing was nonsense. America was not engaged in an endless war. We, we were not doing any of the fighting in the country. This is the Afghan people protecting themselves from outside invaders. We were supporting them. We had less people in Afghanistan than we had around the U.S. Capitol. We were spending less in a year than we used to spend in Afghanistan in a week. Americans were not in combat, so we're not withdrawing from any war. We are walking away from supporting the Afghan people, and the consequences of, of that, of doing that, are, are the reason why our guys were there to begin with. One is... If the Taliban run over this country, there will be another vast terrorist sanctuary, much the way there was before 9-11 and there was in Syria under the caliphate. That will mean foreign fighters running around the world, a resurgence of global terrorism. That We've been there. It's not a fun place to be. Why the heck would we want to go back? And the other is, is a destabilized Afghanistan opens up all kinds of challenges and problems in the region, competition with Russia, Iran, the Chinese, the, the, the Pakistanis. You have a nuclear Pakistan and a nuclear India, we, we want the region to be calmer, not angrier, and we want India to be focused on, one, on recovering from the horrible COVID pandemic, but also on, on countering China. So we want a strong and vibrant India, and a troubled neighborhood isn't good for that. So we had a very modest commitment that was actually achieving an awful lot for U.S. interests. Somehow, and, and it's not like the American people... I don't want to say they don't care. Of course they care because we have Americans in harm's way. It's not about, this is not a front-burner issue for the American people. We have more troops than other countries around the world. This is a, a political thing which, which doesn't even move the political needle. So it, it was, a, I think, a senseless decision. I, 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 I applaud the Trump administration for opening a negotiating channel and looking for a way forward. But just presumptively pulling away the safety net and just seeing if things blow up, this is – 
This is what Obama did. He did it in Syria, and we got Benghazi. He did it in Iraq, and we got uh, the caliphate. And but this is Biden just saying, let's just do it again. Let's just pull away the safety net, walk away, and hope things don't burn to the ground. Uh, I wanted to get your uh, take on another topic we can need to continue revisiting until more answers are provided. Uh, the uh, former head of MI6, British Secret Intelligence, Sir Richard Dearlove, who I guess was uh, the predecessor to uh, Judy Dench, a little James Bond joke. Uh, he, uh, oh, no, we got that except you and me. Yeah, that's why I had to explain it, you know, as I do most of my jokes. Um, the, uh, I, I, he had an interesting statement on it. First of all, he thinks that uh, it was the Wuhan lab, not, um, not you know, a wet market. But, but I, I like this approach, and it's one I wish this country would adopt. I think the, he, he said, I think the onus is on the Chinese to, presume, to prove that it's zoonotic because the evidence strongly suggests to me and a number of eminent scientists that the greater probability is that it's a lab escapee. And uh, so he's, he's open to debate on the topic. But I, I like the idea. Hey, wait a second. Number one, we want to find the answer. Number two, actually, China, the onus is on you to tell us what happened. Here's our theory of what happened. You tell us how this is uh, not the case a- and or give, obviously, our investigators access. Well, I, I cannot stress how extremely important it is that we actually know how the virus evolved and got in the human population. I mean, you, people think, well, what's the big deal? You know, the, the virus is out there. Who cares? We knew that this part of the world is uh, one of the hot spots where these kinds of viruses, which can be very deadly to humans, can break out of. And we, and we knew that for, for, for a decade, long, long before the virus broke out. There will be more viruses coming out of this part of the world because that's the way biology works. We have to understand how that happens so we can surveil and do early interventions against that. So it really does matter to understand how it happens for a couple of reasons. One, how the disease is behaving, but also so we understand the pathways so we can make sure next time they're blocked off. The Chinese are not only responsible for a global pandemic that killed millions of people, they continue to put the world at risk because they won't cooperate and come clean with the international community to set up the regime that would prevent the next pandemic. So this is a really, really big deal. And it's not just, oh, you know, who do we blame for the virus? This is about the dealing with the next pandemic. And the failure for them to come clean on that is putting the entire world at risk for another COVID. He is Lieutenant Colonel Jim Carafano, Vice President of the Catherine and Shelby Cullum Davis Institute for International Studies at the Heritage Foundation. His new book, which releases tomorrow, pick it up, Brutal War, Jungle Fighting in Papua New Guinea, 1942. Lieutenant Colonel Jim Carafano, thanks as always. Hey, buddy, thanks for having me. Thanks for listening to the Town Hall Review. Our program is coming today in partnership with the Pepperdine Graduate School of Public Policy. It's America's most unique graduate leadership program offered on Pepperdine's breathtaking campus in Malibu, California. Learn more at publicpolicy.pepperdine.edu. If you're enjoying the podcast, please tell a friend to go to Town Hall Review and sign up as well today. This is Carol Platt-Lebow for townhall.com. Northern Virginia has been called the Silicon Valley of the East, but don't expect that moniker to last much longer. In the name of equity, the state is considering changes that could leave students unable to take advanced math classes until junior year of high school. Papers by a National Association for Math Teachers, shared by the Virginia Education Department, read as follows. Those that have been privileged by the current system must be willing to give up that privilege for more equitable schooling. 
and members of the group charged with rethinking the state math curriculum admit one of their goals is addressing inequities in math education. While Virginia flirts with social justice, American students rank a mediocre 30th in math in the latest scores from the Program for International Student Assessment. China students came in first. If America intends to compete in the future, it's long past time for Virginia to worry less about equity and more about excellence. Publicpolicy.pepperdine.edu.